Hey, it's John Reed. I guess who I got? I got Brian Summer once again, the infamous Brian Summer. Making trouble every analyst event that I attend. Yep. We're going to tape a couple podcasts, starting with a review of Acumatica's uh, analyst event. And Brian, what was what was it we were going to say about this event? Well, we, there was just one subject we wanted to talk about, but, but it's under non-disclosure. And? Well, there was this other big subject we wanted to talk about. Non-disclosure. Yeah, it's under non-disclosure, too. In fact, um, uh, several of us analysts were kind of uh, scratching our heads trying to figure out, like, well, what can we talk about? But uh, good news for all your listeners, we did find a yeah. number of things we can talk about. So yeah. They have a major release announcement tomorrow, and some of the NDA stuff will get cleared out then, but then some of it were sworn to secrecy for a while. But just in general, the CEO, John Roscoe, who's been around for three years now, he described Acumatic as the rambunctious adolescent, I guess, of the cloud ERP market. Is that a fair description? Yeah, it was words to that effect, yes. That's exactly right, yeah. Is that a fair description, do you think, of... Uh, I think they have, they kind of created a whole new product line for those of you who are unfamiliar with them. Uh, they started off by taking a whole bunch of like, uh, Microsoft Solomon reseller and some partners and some, uh, great planes, dynamics kind of partners. And they've been steadily building out a pretty robust business and they've been taking business away from Sage and others out there in the market as well. And they've been sort of gleeful, I guess we should say, about the Oracle NetSuite acquisition in a sense because they're they're looking at the what they call the abandoned mid market. So they're really happy to see uh, companies like NetSuite get distracted by perhaps upper mid market pursuits and stuff. Let's face it. I'm sure you get the same kind of emails that I do, John. Uh, we get lots of uh, emails from companies telling us how wonderful it is that a major competitor is being acquired. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of email commentary hitting my inbox on that NetSuite Oracle deal. And the other thing that I think is interesting about Acumatica is that they're rigorous about both multi-tenancy but also flexible deployment. So. of the revenues come from public cloud, but you can also do basically the hybrid hyperconvergence cloud. You can do (laughs) to use the latest bubbles. You can do your, your, your partner can host it for you. There's a few different options. You uh, essentially versions of the, the Acumatica cloud that you can run, which is fairly intriguing. And then their pricing is is not user-based, which is also pretty refreshing. So. Right. It's kind of a, I was going to say it's kind of an all-you-can-drink kind of deal, uh, but they do have some add-on modules that do come right. in, you know, for extra money for those folks in specific vertical spaces or for some horizontal functionality. Uh, there are some added add-on charges if you need to invoke that functionality. Right. And they rely heavily on, on partners for go-to-market. Their partners sell all their stuff. They don't actually sell directly to customers, and they do a lot of vertical uh, pursuits around functionality, which I guess you're going to get into. So, so share a few reactions from our day with these these folks. We know they're making a lot of progress on the vertical side of the house, and while we can't really go into a lot of detail on that, uh, they targeted three big ones in particular and continue to keep pushing that out there. They also have pretty strong sales. Uh, I think about 70% of their sales are in three verticals alone, and uh, those are going to be focus areas for the company longer term. But if I could segue, though, I would tell you the uh, additional focus the company uh, clued us in on uh, was how customers and resellers 
are utilizing new technologies like machine learning technology or artificial intelligence, uh, RFID, and even Internet of Things is already showing up inside product. And uh, I made an observation in the analyst meeting that I thought they'd kind of buried that headline. Uh, we didn't hear about that till about 1130 this morning. And it was about I, three, eight, three and a half hours in. Yeah, and I thought that was actually, those were very big points because while we hear lots of vendors talk about uh, incorporating machine learning and IoT and so forth into their, into their software solutions, I wasn't uh, actually expecting to hear that these folks actually had customers uh, utilizing it. You want to finish this by campfire, Brian? Yeah. We just lost our light, but uh, I can shine a light on. Oh, there we go. Continue along. Well, I think there was an, another thing caught, probably several of us uh, noted, let's say their user experience or user interface. Uh, we know they're working on upgrading it across the line. What we saw on the e-tailing or online retailing component was really nice. I actually pulled up one of their customers' mm. websites online, and uh, it was a very slick very slick, very nice, very consumer-friendly yep. uh, experience. Yeah, I think some of their back-end screens are are not what I would call cutting-edge design. Now, granted, there's a lot of information, but they are doing a U UI makeover, I think, as part of the announcement that's happening tomorrow, so we can legitimately say they're still working on that. But I, I do think it's sort of an interesting sort of contradiction of Acumatica because they have – a huge proliferation of mobile consumption on the, of their software. I've seen something like about 50%, uh, yeah. which is a lot. But I don't tend to think of their UX as, as certainly their desktop UX as super sexy. I'd like to see a little more sort of, I guess you could say, cutting edge design sensibilities. Uh, you know, you know, you look at some of these ERP firms that have involved design agencies and what they do. Right. I, I could see them infusing themselves with a little more design talent, but but they are definitely emphasizing the the mobile usage and the stats do back that up. So let me add to that your observation there. The the market probably has Acumatica pegged as a solution for like small businesses and some mid market kinds of firms. And as a result, you would think the screens, uh, the displays that you would see would be a little on what I would say the thin side. And instead, mm. what you see are what I'd describe as kind of meaty, chewy, chalk-filled uh, kind of screens. They, they've got a whole lot of functionality in their system. Which ties into a key point that the CEO, John Roscoe, made this morning, which is that today's SMBs have the complexity of larger enterprises of 10 years ago. And even like the customer I wrote about Danforth pewter, that's uh, basically kind of a craft store in Vermont has 1200 SKUs, you know? So, you know, that's a fair amount of complexity that you have to manage there. And, and so their software definitely manages that in, in a way that I would say the interface in the back end seems pretty practical. Um, but I think there's ways they could improve it. But at any rate, the other thing I was going to ask you about was in terms of, I mean, I've kind of found it refreshing that they didn't lead off with the standard buzzwords around IoT and, you know, big data and stuff. But I do see your point in the sense that, you know, they had baked that into products. That's different than just talking about, oh, you know, it's cool yeah. how much the digital world is changing and stuff. But can you sort of give an example of what impressed you? Was there a particular feature or function that you saw where you were like, wow, that's 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 ahead of where other vendors are. 
I would say they're further ahead in kind of turning their product into a uh, uh, a developmental platform for partners and others to use mm-hmm. at this stage in their evolution. Right. Whereas there are a lot of other companies that have built ERP apps, for example, like on the Salesforce platform, Force.com or Force One, whatever. And uh, those firms were taking advantage of a pre-existing platform. Uh, I know of other ERP firms that are still tweaking and tuning and, you know, their platforms and they haven't even bothered to open them up. These guys have, have kind of created a platform, have got people building on it, have got applications out there on it and extensions created. And now they're actually working to find better ways to turn into like creating a store and monetizing the stuff for their partners. So they've made a lot of progress while they built a product line from scratch. And I think that's an important point. People are listening to this isn't some uh, old product that's being slowly retooled this is a from scratch system right which is interesting because a lot of the SaaS products in the erp space are either you know lipstick on a pig type products yeah or they're just acquiring some technical debt after you know becoming fairly old SaaS products so Mm -hmm. acumatic has an interesting advantage in terms of building a lot of their functionality with next-gen principles firmly in mind. The disadvantage, right, is brand and to some extent functionality depth, though they're certainly making progress in some of those areas. I thought there was an interesting quote today where um, someone made a comment about partners. uh, Some of their original partners weren't having the cloud conversation with prospects or existing customers, but then they found out, but their competitors were. And now, all of a sudden, all the uh, partners, every one of them is having the cloud conversation uh, with every one of the customers and prospects out there. And that, to me, marked a signal change in the marketplace, even when you get channel partners who've been reluctant to change their business model and everything else away from an on-premise kind of mindset to a cloud deal. They're doing it because the competition now has forced their hand. Anything else stood out to you from today's event? Maybe one other thing. Uh, I thought um, I thought it was interesting that they're they've now accelerated their release schedule for new enhancements to mm-hmm. a biweekly format. In the SaaS world or the cloud world, we've seen vendors. I knew one of them. Uh, one vendor had a hundred and eight releases in one year, mm-hmm. and many of them. I know some that only have a release every eighteen months. With most vendors, I would say having two or three good-sized releases every single year is kind of more of a norm. The fact they can do it bi-weekly tells me that they've really sped up and are leveraging a lot of tools, and that allows them to get a lot more functionality out the door in record time. And uh, that kind of speaks well. If, if you're a buyer of software, you want products that are nimble, adaptable, and uh, very quickly updated uh, because the world we live in now it isn't static and unchanging. It's very dynamic, and you need solutions that move at the speed of business uh, and today. That's it. Well, and you, and you raised a, a bit of a sticking point there, which is because of their flexible deployment options, the biweekly could put stress on certain partners. And I think it does tie into the long-term view that even though they offer flexible deployment, they really would prefer to run people on the public cloud 
they think they can do a better job of delivering value that way. And, and I think in the long run, if you forecast ahead a few years to Acumatica, I think most of their deployments are going to be public cloud, and this is going to be less of less of a question. But the customers can choose a long-term option and, and, and not get the biweekly updates. Yeah, they so can, there's a choice there. They are, giving the, they are giving customers choice. There's no question about that. But I would agree with your assessment that longer term and probably a smart bet for any prospect, prospective customers listening on this, you really need to look at the uh, public cloud multi-tenant solution. That's going to be your best way to go from a cost perspective longer term. Um, I don't know that I'd want to be like in accounting and always having to wait maybe months or years for my finance upgrade to finally get implemented because it's stuck in a backlog queue that IT can't get to. Uh, whereas on the public cloud, it's a different story altogether. Yeah, I think the other thing they're going to have some challenges on, and these are the kind of good problems you want to have, is that they're they're verticalizing a lot in their functionality and approach, which makes a whole lot of sense. But that also means that a lot of their partners can't come along for that ride because they don't have that vertical expertise. And they're going to have to recruit new partners that do. And then the partners also need to have additional skills in app development and also intellectual property and content that they can share to essentially win the branding and marketing game. So their partners are going to have to go through, I think, in my opinion, a bit of a transformation. And they talked a little bit about how they enable that and help. And for now, I could see that working. But if they continue to grow, that's going to be, I think, one of their biggest things is helping their partners to move along those paths because those that's a lot for a partner to take on. A lot of partners will need to develop uh, deep expertise in a vertical or two. Right. But let's also look at the way customers implement new ERP software. Uh, they Not everybody takes the big bang approach and will put in manufacturing, distribution, finance, and everything else all at once. It is incredibly high risk to do it. And I think you'll find a lot of the customers will implement finance modules first. And for the reseller that has deep horizontal expertise in finance, that might actually work out just fine for a large number of customers. Yep. But at some point, they may have to pass the baton to a vertical provider who can bring all the other extensions and modules in that are going to make it uh, finish it out. Sort of the revenge of the accounting firms, right? Because those people get back into the game here. Uh, could be, uh, particularly if uh, the accounting, if there's uh, an impetus for changing out the financial applications now, like with one of my favorite subjects, revenue recognition. Oh, there you go. And they got a 2,000 customer count, which includes 200 from their OEM uh, reseller partners. And I would say that they need to build a lot of momentum. I don't think they're going to run into like uh, Workday and SAP and Oracle as those guys go down market, maybe NetSuite some. But to me, the the big elephant in the room is Mike is the Dynamics 365 Enterprise. It's, it's Microsoft and whatever Microsoft tries to do. And so if they can position themselves strongly against that, then they should be in good shape. But we'll see. Time will tell, right? Yeah, the faster they get more verticals out, that puts them in a better standing to go against Sage Live, Sage One, Sage whatever, uh, yeah. all the Microsoft stuff. Yes, that's that's the future. All right. Thanks for the rundown. Appreciate it.